Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Franz Tapon. This is the final of a series with Rafina Garay, where we talk all about food. If you didn't hear the previous episodes, go back and download them and listen to them. This is the final episode where we begin talking about eating crickets. I wish we had delved a little bit more into eating crickets because I do think that crickets and other insects could really transform our eating habits. And I think it would lead to a more sustainable way of life if people were more interested in eating insects instead of eating meat. The second thing we touch on is being attached and how one can live a life where we are attached to fewer things. This is a relatively short episode compared to the previous ones, and I hope you enjoy it because it is a profound one. Don't forget to share this podcast with a lot of people. I would love to get more subscribers and also to become a patron at patreon.com slash ftapon because you're going to get some awesome rewards. And finally, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter at wonderlearn.com. And now for our final episode with Rufina Garay about food. And one more thing that the Africans taught me is to love to eat crickets. Oh, it's yeah. So I wanted delicious. to talk about that with you. Yeah, it's yeah. so delicious. The way they, in Niger, which is uh-huh. just above Nigeria, it's, they, they, they spiced it up and they, they fry them mm. up in a certain way mm-hmm. and they're crunchy mm-hmm. like eating potato chips and they've got this perfectly spiced with salt and all sorts of other spices uh-huh. to add to this flavor. And you're eating the exoskeleton of the cricket and you, in some sure. ways you would think it's gross, but it's not gross at all, at least to me. Uh-huh. I mean, you put, yeah. you know, so I think too many people think about what they're actually eating as far as, but if you just focus on the taste, you close your eyes and you're just crunching mm-hmm. and it just, yeah. it's really tasty and it's packed with protein, much more easily sure. sustainable protein than yes. a cow. So, I mean, you can yes. have a trillion tri- uh, crickets for probably the, the right. same amount of resources that a thousand cows take. So yeah, I don't know the numbers, but I do know that insect protein is a lot less costly on the environment than animal, mm-hmm. pro- uh, than uh, yeah. what's called cow protein. Now, like as a as a person looking into the future, I would much rather see that take off than the lab grown meat. Okay, and I've been listening to to somebody who speaks yeah. on Clubhouse, who very much is an advocate for promoting like the commercialization of crickets insects. and insects yeah. as an alternative yeah. source of protein. And I think there's going to be a lot of merit to that. And as somebody from you know this culinary background, I would be open to learning that. Like I remember. When I was teaching, I had a, a student who was of Thai descent, and he brought in a package of some form of bugs sold in the grocery store that his mom shopped at. And I said, "Do you know how to cook it?" Because I kind of wanted to try it. Like he just, it was he brought it in more for show and tell. I, I don't know that he knew how to cook it, and and he he didn't he wasn't ready to cook it so that we could try it. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm not ready yet to mm. eat that. But I think now, you know, where I've evolved to, I would be ready to try that because I do think there's certain things about sustainability where we have to have more openness to trying these things that have been part of cultures in other countries and and that it's, you know, hubris that prevents us from thinking that another culture's food could become a staple in in our culture. So, well, the other so thing is, I'm hopeful. But the American palate is one of the most flexible palates out there. I mean, we've accepted food from all over the place. I mean, we're mongrel. We just, we've, we've taken in food. So what's one more? In other words, we've yeah. accepted Asian cuisine, European cuisine, 
It's uh-huh. African cuisine, not so much, a little bit Ethiopian as we talked about. But yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I, so I think it's totally within the possibility for us to sure. take in insect meat. We, we have the attitude versus, let's say, Italy, where you walk around Italy, it's hard to find a restaurant that's not Italian. To, uh-huh. it's, yeah. It's, yeah, there's, it's all Italian food everywhere in Italy. So I think yeah. they're going to be one of the last to adopt insects mm. on their plate. It's possible. But I think the United States... Yeah. Uh, they're a, a more open society, culinary, culinarily speaking, yeah. than others. Yeah, I so I think right I think that. we've got a chance to do it, but we just need some evangelists to do it. And so, yeah, uh, I'm gonna start looking for some. <laughs> okay, let me know what you find and what you like okay. and where you got it, because um, I'm I'm open. I'm definitely open on that. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask before we kind of close up is one of the things I heard in the, in the podcast from you and, and knowing that you're, uh, you know, studying Buddhism, the, the aspect of travel that comes out, you know, that surprised me was this non-attachment piece, right? Like you talked about being 48 before you had your own bed and not being attached to the things and and I think, you know, the experience of hiking for, for me, which I imagine might be true for you and tell me if I'm wrong, is that you're really present in that moment of hiking. And so talk to me a little bit about how that fits in, because, you know, I think in the in the way that I'm approaching food, Taoism also has a similar non-attachment. Life is meant to be about joy. So there's like one distinction, like this, the suffering aspect of things, the recognition of suffering is is different in in Taoism. But but tell me, like, what does that mean for you? Like the non attachment, how is it central to what you're really exploring in this university of traveling? Good question. Yeah, I definitely am not attached to almost anything, and I've been criticized for that sometimes for not caring too much about pretty much anything. I, I'm not, it is very Taoist for sure. And I suppose it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, sometimes if you're like, hey, where do you want to eat? I don't care. I'm happy with anything. And like, why can't you ever feel something about something? <laughs> why can't you ever have a preference? <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, well, I'm just and it's like, if something burns down, it's like, okay, it's only money. It's, I don't get attached to, to many things. And I don't know. One thing is for sure that people ought to occasionally conduct an experiment to deprive themselves mm-hmm. of something they think of as essential. I'll give you an mm-hmm. example. Here in Texas that I'm currently at, there's a friend of mine who ran out of air conditioning, like their, their air conditioner mm-hmm. broke. And all of a sudden it was mm-hmm. the, the biggest crisis on the planet Earth. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's the everyday existence of Africans. And she, you know, mm-hmm. like not only that, but when I was in Africa, sometimes there was half the time I would get a power cut and so I didn't even have mm-hmm. a fan. She had a Oof. fan, this lady. So she yeah. had a big fan. Yeah. And I was like, you're yeah. doing great. <laughs> That's like a dream yeah. for many Africans yeah. to have a, a sure. fan. I love backpacking is because you deprive yourself of all sorts of things. You deprive yourself mm-hmm. of a proper bed, of a shower, of you know the mm-hmm. food that you might want to cook, internet and television and lights, electricity. I mean, on and on. It's just so much stuff that you're you're taking away from yourself. But that allows you to then no longer be attached to all those things so tightly mm-hmm. so that yeah. when you return to society, number one, gratitude takes over yeah. your life. And you all of a sudden mm-hmm. feel grateful for all those little things 
that, you know, yeah. wow, I've got all these things that are working. I turn on the faucet and hot water comes out. What a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I get, mm-hmm. I marvel at such the simplest things in life. Everybody has their limits. Even I do. Mm-hmm. As, as, mm-hmm. as austere as I can sometimes be, even I have mm-hmm. my limits of what I'm like, okay, that's enough for me. I, I need a little bit more creature comforts. But whatever your personal limit is, I just encourage you to push as far as you can beyond the limits to learn to survive for a week or two or three or whatever, certain amount of time without something. And then that way you won't be so attached to it because if you ever lose it again in the future, you're like, okay, I've learned to live without it. And so I think it's a skill that helps you survive. And I'll end by quoting Confucius who said, he who's attached to things will suffer much. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about another podcast I think you'll enjoy. If I've learned anything about you, it's that you want real talk about the world around you. That's why I think you'll like the podcast Out Travel the System, brought to you by Expedia. It's taking a transparent look at what it's like to travel these days, whether it's through stories from people who have continued cautiously traveling through the pandemic or by staying tuned to the very latest news from the industry. Out Travel the System is backed by a solid foundation of data from Expedia, which means it can guide listeners through the best ways to maximize their travel budgets. The podcast is providing inspiration by talking to people who have made travel a central part of their lives, from professional travel bloggers to travel journalists and beyond. This season features U.S. destinations like Chicago, Boston, and New York, as well as international locations like Spain and France. The episodes will guide you through when to go, where to stay, what to do, and everything else you need to know. Look for Out Travel the System on your favorite podcast platform and like and subscribe now. It's so wonderful to hear about that sort of nexus of connection in the way that we have traveled such different journeys in life. And, and yet we, we still kind of are meeting at the same crossroads True. of experience. And, you know, I, I would say that in general, I, I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to share with listeners, but I don't want to cut you off from doing that. But I would say f- when it comes to the experience of food and travel in our connection to other people in that and understanding of culture, that this ability to detach even from expectations, right? Expectations of travel, expectations of food, expectations of experience even, right? That lead us to kind of be more present to the journey and exploration of it all. Like to me, that's one of the most wonderful things about being in a new place, being in a new country and experiencing what there is, right? you know, to to, to know and learn. Detaching also from your food preferences. You know, that's so many people, they'll they'll go to Europe and then they want to go to a McDonald's because they want to have something, you know, familiar as opposed to just like trying something, you know, just depriving yourself of that and, Mm -hmm. you know, eating stuff that is out of the, out of the norm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. is there any parting advice that you want to give to food love listeners uh, about travel and good ways to do it? I, I just, I, you know, I would just encourage people to to subscribe and listen to Francis's podcast. It, it makes me more excited for travel, makes me remember all of the good experiences I've had, and also makes me think about, you know, how to have adventure 
in smart ways. So, so, and I also would say, listen to his TEDx or watch his TEDx talks too. There's some interesting content there that I think can expand people's minds. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I did three TEDx talks and they're all viewable at uh, my website, which is francistapon.com slash TEDx. Yeah. And likewise, I, I, I commend people to, to, to check out your podcast, subscribe to it as well. Thanks. So we're both relatively new to podcasts. And I think, yeah, my final advice is just push the envelope, push your culinary palate, be more adventurous, try new things. Mm-hmm. I just think too many people live a life that is not adventurous enough. I think it was Helen Keller who said life is either a daring adventure or nothing. You know, in other words, you've got mm-hmm. to like, go full, full throttle. You're going to think on your deathbed and say, thank God I never tried that piece of food or whatever. And you're like, no, you'll probably right. have regrets and saying, I should have tried more food mm-hmm. in my different life, in my life. And that would have been, mm-hmm. so that's my final advice. Rufina, how about you? Thank, thank you. I would say um, just keep being open to the opportunities around food and culture and ritual, because I think sometimes we can be surprised by how much one can learn about another human being sitting around a table and lingering. So I think that would be the thing is to slow it down and linger longer with the people you find in a particular place. Well so. said. And we have lingered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have lingered beyond compare. But that was to be expected yes, because it's because we used to linger years. often. <laughs> exactly. Right? It's been a long time. Yeah. So I'm glad that our listeners have to bear with us yeah, exactly. <laughs> and bear witness to all we've learned. But thank you for being such thank a wonderful too. guest on Food Love, the space between terroir and the Tao of food. And thank you for being on WanderLearn. And that concludes this episode of the WanderLearn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to WanderLearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember ftapon. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.